A new Washington state bill is going to allow medical transgender interventions on minors without parental consent. And there's been a brand new U.N.-backed legal recommendations to normalize sex with minors. This is happening in the world around us right now, and we're going to talk about it. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. So thanks for tuning in today. I often wonder, you know, I I always start the show. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. And I think not really sure how I'm going to encourage them. There's so much bad news. But here is some encouragement for you. I think this is a good way to start. You guys have heard me say many times over the years that the world might be in crisis, but God's people don't need to be. The same is true today. I'm going to answer listener questions uh, after I get done talking about the headlines. But I want to remind you to be rooted in the word of God, be rooted in God's word, be sold out to what you know is true. Uh, God's word can stand up. It can stand up against criticism. People have been trying to stamp out the Bible for generations. And guess what? They're not going to be able to because the Bible itself says that the grass will wither and the flower will fade. Generations will come and go. Kingdoms will rise and fall. But the word of God will stand forever. And so we want to align ourselves with the never-changing Word of God. And that is where hope is found. We don't need to be restless even in this generation. I think we can lean into what God says is true, and we can be a part of seeing good things happen in the culture around us. Uh, I wanted to address something really quickly before I go any further in the show today. I seem to have ruffled some feathers a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the fact I said that God was genderless. In hindsight, I wish very much that I had not used that language because the language in the culture has really changed. And a lot of my listeners do not see sex and gender as the same thing anymore. I do. To me, they're synonymous. Someone tells me that you're, you know, Heidi St. John uh, is a girl. I'm a biological female. Therefore, my gender is also female. But I really angered some listeners when I said that God was genderless. What I meant was God is a spirit. You guys draw me a picture of God and I would like to see Uh, his gender. But the fact of the matter is God refers to himself as male. Jesus was male. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as male. Obviously, God, as he refers to himself, is male. And so that is my position on this. Uh, I've given you guys scriptures. Go look for yourself. And that's why uh, I love love that you guys are reaching out to me because it tells me that you want to study the word of God and that you want to be Bereans. But from here on out, I'm just going to uh, not try to confuse the issue of sex and gender. God does refer to himself in the masculine. It would be wrong to refer to him in the feminine. Obviously, I've talked about that before. You guys heard me do a review on the shack here many years ago. And so for those of you who thought that I fell off the the gender wagon into the sea of non-binary stupidity, nope, I'm right there with you. I know that God uh, that God has revealed himself to us in the masculine. The Bible also says that God is a spirit. And so uh, you're never going to hear me refer to God in the feminine, obviously. I will always refer to God in the masculine. I hope that clears it up for those of you who think uh, that I had maybe lost my marbles there for a moment. All right. I want to jump into the news today because uh, there's so much going on in Washington State that's concerning to me. And I live here, obviously. But it's very important for people to understand that what's happening in Washington state is also happening. If it's not already in your state, it's definitely coming. You have to be aware of these things. Washington state bill would strip parents' rights to intervene on their kids' medical care in certain circumstances. This passed the House of Representatives here at the state house 
in Washington state last Wednesday and cleared the pathway to be signed by our radical left-leaning wicked governor, Governor Jay Inslee. Uh, Here's a quote for you. An act relating to supporting youth, that's the quote, or Senate Bill 5599 allows host homes for runaway youth to, quote, house youth without parental permission. Furthermore, the host homes do not need to notify parents about where their kids are or if they're getting medical interventions. Quote, if there is a compelling reason not to, which includes a youth seeking protected health services. What they're doing in in most of these cases is that they're demonizing good parents. How many of us at the age of 13, 14, 15 have had arguments with our parents, have thought our parents were the worst people in the world because our parents wanted to drag us to church or they wanted us to clean our room? Or uh, in this case, the parents are saying, no, you're a girl and that's the way it's going to be. And the state of Washington is paving the way for these kids to be taken away from their parents. The protected health care services included gender affirming care, which for minors arbitrarily included anything prescribed by a doctor to treat dysphoria. This is actually in the language of the bill. Quote, gender affirming treatment can be prescribed to a two-spirit, transgender, non-binary, or other gender diverse individual. This is in the bill. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I'm reading in. This is in the bill. Uh, I'm quoting from the bill. This is actual legislation here in the great state of Washington. Uh, gender affirming treatment can be prescribed to two-spirit, that's T-W-O, two-spirit, transgender, non-binary, and other gender diverse individuals. In other words, Washington state is now going to cater to every mental illness known to man. And we're going to cater to that by potentially taking children away from their parents who are not struggling with mental illness. They're struggling to help their child with a mental illness. And now the parent is going to be the one who suffers. It's very, very sad. I mean, obviously, ultimately, the child is going to be the one who suffers the most. But to me, this is just devastating. Uh, For minors, affirming care can include uh, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries. You guys have heard of top surgery and bottom surgery. I won't go into it now. Uh, It's horrifying. It's unclear which services would be approved underneath the bill. And so I can tell you right now that as far left as the left can push, that's exactly what they're going to do. To me, this is child abuse. Um, These children, many of them not capable of making these decisions. It's very, very sad. And uh, it really, um, I mean, it it almost defies description. Uh, In other news, ChristianBook.com, and I hope you guys light them up. Christianbook.com is carrying books that are going against the word of God and calling themselves Christians. There's a new book, and I was just sent this a couple of days ago. It's called The Kid with Big, Big Ideas by Brittany Wynne Lee. She sends it to me. Someone sent me the book, and I thought, oh, that's cute. I mean, it's really cute. It's a cute looking book, right? No, really cute cover until I read the description of the book. Now, this is again at Christianbook.com. So this is what I mean by these woke institutions Woke Christian schools, woke so-called Christian publishers have been putting out, you know, what I call sloppy agape, fake Christianity. There are a lot of people posing as Christians right now. And uh, this is the description of the book. There was once a kid with glittery nails who always wore colorful socks. And all around town, this child was known for thinking outside of the box. Following the best-selling book, The Boy with the Big, Big Feelings, And the girl with the big, big questions comes a new short story about a non-binary kid. Okay, first of all, I'm going to stop. There's no such thing as a non-binary kid. We are either male or female. Full stop. End of story. That's it. We're either male or female. 
So this is a book about a non, a so-called non-binary kid with ideas so big and so wild that the grown-ups often dismiss him. Do you see how they're setting the parent up to be the bad guy here? They're setting the parent up to be the idiot, the parent up to be the one who doesn't know what he's doing. But your four-year-old kid, boy, howdy, uh, he does know. He knows what's up. What if we were mermaids, the book goes on to say, and we swam to school? What if we could teach pets to talk? What if we could make the world safe and inclusive for everyone? This innovative kid doesn't stop there. And with the help of his supportive grandma, comes to the biggest idea yet. In a world that so often dismisses and excludes kids from decision making, this book boldly suggests that not only should kids have a voice, but that their ideas just might be the ticket to making progress. All right, I'm going to show you guys what progress looks like. Years ago, you heard me talk about California pushing a bill in the state legislature that highlighted the ability of the schools to begin to teach little kids starting at five years old the idea of consent. And a lot of parents are like, of course, we want our kids to know what consent means, right? You, you know, um, because we, we want to teach our kids, hey, those are our private parts. I did not consent, right? We teach our children to be hopefully um, very aware of their own bodies. And so in a lot of ways, parents thought, oh, it's not bad to teach kids consent. Well, I said a long time ago, I rang the alarm and said, this is not why they're teaching kids consent. It's the same thing that you have seen the transgender community do where they're swapping out the language. They're trying to hijack the language because, you know, he who owns the language owns the culture. And so this word consent is now being weaponized against children. And I want you to hear the word consent in the article, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. I found this article on Fox News, but there's a lot more out there. The headline reads, New United Nations-Backed Legal Recommendations Normalize Sex with Minors, Outraged Critics Say. This is the subtitle. Listen to this. Children may consent, there's the word, to sex with adults. This has been the plan all along, social media influencers contend. And I completely agree with them. This is a shocking report that was issued by international legal experts with the backing of the United Nations, and it is going to open the floodgates to normalize sex with minors. We saw this coming. That word consent is exactly what they're using now at the United Nations. It's the same thing they pushed into the California school district several years back, and now it's uh, eked its way up to the United Nations. Listen to this quote. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent may be consensual in fact, if not in law. The Geneva-based International Commission of Jurists wrote this in March with an assist from UNAIDS and the Office of the United Nations Higher Commission for Human Rights. The report is titled The Eight March Principles for Human Rights-Based Approach to Criminal Law Proscribing Conduct Associated with Sex, Reproduction, Drug Use, HIV, Homelessness, and Poverty. And they just eked into their, hey, by the way, it's okay for your little kid to consent with sex to sex with an adult. This is so evil and so wrong and so wicked, and it's being pushed all over in the United States right now. Uh, it's published uh, front and center on the group's website. I'm going to link back to this. In the show notes today, and it does not actively call for decriminalizing sex between adults and minors, but it does state that children have both the capacity and the legal right to make sexual decisions. This was the position of Alfred Kinsey and John Money. And you guys have heard me talk about them multiple times on the show. Alfred Kinsey, the guy behind Comprehensive Sex Education, who uh, abused children, literally abused them for the purpose of writing uh, 
papers and documents to prove his theory that children are sexual from the moment of birth. This is what he believes. Now, we know this is wrong. We know this is wicked. We know our children are not ready, not ready emotionally, not ready physically, not ready developmentally, not ready in any way. And yet here we are. It's not enough for us to push a radical sex ed to our children. Now we want them to know that they have the ability to consent. They, uh, even though they may understand the word consent, but they could not possibly understand the ramifications of consent. And of course, that's not dealt with anywhere in this legislation, in this proposed, uh, in this proposed language from the recommendations coming out of the United Nations. Uh, what a sad, sad time to be a kid in this country. It really, really is. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The once unthinkable recommendations from an international cabal of global elite legal minds appears to suggest that pedophilia could be normalized. And it touched off a horrific reaction on social media and around the world. That actually is something I think you can be uh, a bit encouraged about is at least people are going, you know what? No, 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 no. And that is happening. Um, The UN is full of pedophiles. This is what the former NHL star and Canadian Olympic gold medalist Theo Fleury shouted out on Twitter. He said uh, he said this is horrific. And a lot of people responded in agreement with him. It really is horrific. And so. uh, Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say really about that. But the teachers union again behind this teachers unions urging schools to promote drag queen story hours to further a so-called inclusive atmosphere. I had several guests on the show with me last week uh, who told you what was happening in the schools and how, how it's coming down and how it's being pushed into the schools. And then Rebecca Fredericks has been on this week too, talking to you about where this is coming from. It's coming from the National Educators Association. If you are, are in that union yourself or you know someone who is, thanks to the Janus decision, you do not have to pay dues to this corrupt organization. Get out. There are lots of other ways that you can uh, be protected as a teacher inside the district without giving your money to these corrupt organizations. So that's actually happening. And so shame on ChristianBook.com for pushing this disgusting agenda that kids can somehow be non-binary. And to the United Nations, I give it two thumbs down. Uh, and to what's happening in Washington state with this horrific bill that has just passed and is on its way to the desk of our evil, wicked governor, Jay Inslee. You guys, we have a lot to be in prayer about. There's no question at all in my mind that this attack is not going, they're not going to let up because they've been given the green light. They've been given permission now to pursue these radical ideas. And because of how the teachers' agendas stack the deck against regular people who don't want this stuff in our schools, don't want it taught to children, we are now going to be up against this for a very long time. I want to read some of your questions from Mailbox Monday because uh, my friend Rebecca Friedrichs was in with me on Monday and I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And so I'm going to answer some of your questions today Uh, starting with Paige in Texas. And she wrote in kind of an interesting question. She said, Heidi, what advice would you give a young couple when the wife is wanting to leave the workforce, but they just don't have kids yet? 
Well, to me, Paige, uh, homemaking is a job. It's a it's a, a wonderful, beautiful pursuit. I see no reason why it shouldn't be or couldn't be a full-time job for anybody who wanted to do it. You know, maybe you want to be homesteading. Wow, that'd be exciting. I was telling uh, my kids the other night, we were talking about my husband and I are getting chickens. <laughs> Heidi's going like full homestead. I did the sourdough thing, sort of the gateway drug into homesteading. I'm having a, I mean, I can't do it right now because I'm be on the road. But my husband's been collecting plans off the internet. He's going to build us uh, a chicken coop when we get back. And we're excited to be uh, to be just taking more control of the food that we eat and recognizing that we need to, this is something we should be responsible for. And Paige, that's what I see in your in your statement. You want to be responsible for making your home a wonderful place. Obviously, right now, especially because you don't have children, uh, it's going to come down to whether or not you can afford it. And if you can afford it, then go for it. And if you can't afford it, this is a great time for your husband uh, to be looking at ways that he can support a family. Because it sounds like you guys are going to plan on having kids. But I think it's a wonderful. If your goal in life is to be a homemaker and a mother, it is the highest pursuit I think that any woman can have. And the reason that the government wants you out of that pursuit is because mothers that are in the workforce while their children are being left in the public schools are being educated by the government and indoctrinated by the left. And that is that's the truth of the matter. So I'm thrilled to see that your heart is at home and I'll be I'll be excited to hear what happens in the years to come. By the way, uh, you know, I chose to stay home with our kids when they were little, and it was the very best decision, one of the very best decisions I think that my husband and I ever made. And it was difficult financially, certainly, but to be home with our children and to engage with them and to have shared memories and wonderful uh, time together when we, not that every, not every day was perfect because it certainly wasn't, but uh, it was the very best use of my time. And I, I've, I look back on it fondly, and I'm so glad that that was the decision that we made. Uh, this question came in the other day and I, I asked one of my staffers, I'm like, did I ever really get to that and address it fully? And no one can remember. So I'm going to address it again because I think it's worth talking about. She said, could you speak to whether a Christian should pay taxes to a government who uses that money to do things that are against God? Our government funds policies to support abortion, sexual morality, Satan clubs after school. But I still feel the Bible is clear on our being it being our duty to pay taxes in Romans 13, 6 and 7 and Matthew 22, verses 17 to 21. Yet we did not follow Romans 13, 1 to 3, 1 to 2, when we stood against vaccine mandates and masking. All right. So. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, first of all, you're totally right. The Bible says that we are to render to Caesar. You already uh, put that scripture in your question to me. We are to render to Caesar what to see what belongs to Caesar. This is a well-known quote from Jesus that appears in Matthew 22, 21. It's part of his response to a joint attempt by the Herodians and the Pharisees to make Jesus stumble in front of his own people. And Jesus was very clear that we have a responsibility to pay our taxes. And so if it belongs to Caesar, then we pay it to Caesar. What's interesting about uh, about what happened in uh, COVID was when the government stepped in and started shutting down the churches, the church had a responsibility to stand up and say, no, these are areas of jurisdiction. And in fact, the, the, uh, the Constitution of the United States says that we are separate. We are separate entities. And the governing bodies that made all these laws, these ridiculous, well, they weren't laws, these ridiculous edicts that came down uh, saying that you could only have one person singing at a time or there couldn't be, you know, two, uh, two violinists on the stage and a pianist at the same time and you can't sing in church. Uh, and we began to realize very, very quickly 
that we were being lied to. When you realize that you're being lied to, you have an obligation as a Christian to tell the truth. That is what I did in the middle of COVID. That was my refusal to wear the mask everywhere that I could stand up and stand against that. I did so. Uh, I refused to get the vaccine. I, I continue to believe that what happened in COVID was an affront against liberty, certainly an affront against what we know to be true. And frankly, I think the church failed it. We are, we are instructed in Scripture not to forsake the gathering, as some are in the habit of doing, the Bible says, but even more as we see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? Talking about the return of the Lord. And so we need to be together. We should be uh, gathering together. And that was my big beef with that. But in terms of paying your taxes, don't go to jail. Pay your taxes. <laughs> Jesus was very clear. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And so uh, I, I love this from gotquestions.org. They were talking about his response to these Pharisees and Herodians, you know, who are trying to trap Jesus being nothing short of brilliant. But Jesus, this is Matthew 22, verses 18 and 19, Jesus, aware of their malice, and this is so important because he's demonstrating that we've got to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. The denarius was a coin used as a tax, uh, used as the tax money at the time. It was made of silver. It featured an image of the emperor with an inscription calling him divine. The Jews considered these images idolatry, forbidden by the second commandment. And this was another reason why Jesus answered yes. He, uh, why, if Jesus answered yes, he'd be in trouble. His acceptance of the tax was, quote, lawful, but it could have been seen as a rejection of the second commandment, thus casting doubt on his claim to be the son of God. So when the coin displayed in front of Jesus said, uh, was displayed in front of Jesus, Jesus asked the question, whose likeness, whose inscription is on the coin? And the Herodians and the Pharisees stated the obvious and told him, well, that's Caesar. You know, duh, this is Caesar. Jesus then brought an end to their foolish tricks. Therefore, he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God." God's. And upon hearing this, Jesus' enemies marveled and went away. We have to be, I was talking to my friend Ken Ham on the phone the other day about uh, about some things that were happening here. And he was relaying to me some of the things that happened sort of to him on the regular. And those of us who are in the spotlight, who are, you know, every word that I say, and certainly this was true, uh, this happened, you know, last week, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show today, everything that we say is scrutinized. People are always trying to trip you up. You've got to know the word of God. And sometimes we're going to say things that we wish we hadn't said or we wish we would have said differently. But God knows your heart. And we're called to study the word, to be Bereans, to be able to give a defense for the hope that lies within us. And we can do that when we know the Bible. And so that's why I have been encouraging you guys to join me at uh, faiththatspeaks.com and sign up to be part of my women's Bible study community there. Uh, I would open it up to anybody who's probably 14 years of age or older and come study the Bible with me because there's something really powerful about being able to stand on the truth of God's word. Uh, everything else around you, according to God's word, is just sinking sand. But God's word is a sure foundation, and it's something that you can build your life around and build your life on Jesus, the cornerstone. All right, you guys, that is all I have time for today. I'm very, very thankful for those of you who are subscribing to this podcast. And if that's you, uh, stick around and we'll be right back. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I want to encourage you to do it. If you're tired of listening to the Spotify ads, and you want to support me, 
The way to do it is become a subscriber of the show. It's just $6.99 a month. It'll get rid of the Spotify ads and it will also give you access to extended content here at the Heidi St. John Show. So we're calling it happy hour. I stick around for just a few more minutes after almost every show. I'm trying to do at least three times a week and giving you guys behind the scenes look at what's happening here at the ministry and some extra tidbits from the news and just some things that God's teaching me. Also, subscribers to the show have access to me through a subscriber-only email, so I'm able to answer their questions directly after the show. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for becoming a subscriber, which you can do by just hopping on over to Spotify. More than anything, we appreciate your prayers for this podcast and for you getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. Jesus said to occupy when? Until he returns. And so that's what you guys do every single time you engage in the culture. And I'm excited to see what God's doing in your life. Thank you for listening. And I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.